Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. Okay, so today I have former professional athlete turned personal trainer, Alan Filaro. And you know he's a good personal trainer because he's got a great body. The reason why I wanted to have him on is specifically for men, he had some great tips on really trying to figure out what might be the problem if you can't seem to get your body or your stomach in the shape that you want it to be. Hear what he has to say. Here he is, Alan Falaro. Hello, hello. Hey, what's up? How are we doing? I'm good. No, no, no. I want you to go back to the one without the shirt on. What is this bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> He's got glass. Hi. This is very depressing for me. What's up, I just, Robin? I just, I just saw your whole Instagram, and this picture came on of you without a shirt on, and now you have a hat, glasses, and a fucking sweatshirt. You might as well have a mask on. Yes, leave that on there the other go. side, but I still want to see you. <laughs> and I'm that, gonna come back on. That is New York City fitness for you, right there. In a nutshell. I love it. That's the New York City, I guess, marketing for you, right? Yes, yes. You know, it does so much. And now we got the TikTokers of the world, you know, and people are taking a lot of advice from them. And it's just like, what do they know? And I want to introduce you, as I said, because, you know, we can keep going and people won't even know who you are. I have Alan Filaro with me today. He's a personal fitness trainer and a very good one on the Upper East Side of New York mainly, but he trains a lot of people. And you have to see his Instagram, as we started to say earlier, his body is ripped. And then he comes on the podcast with a baseball hat, sweatshirt, and glasses. I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, I just looked at all his pictures and the guy's body is ripped. The only personal trainer I know with a great body, which is, by the way, something we have to get to. I want to find out why so many personal trainers are out of shape. But if I, you want to go I to his, that. so if you want to go to his Instagram, it's Alan underscore Filaro, F I L A U R O. All right. So I, first, I want to know. I always start with the basic questions. How did you get started? I heard you were um, in, a baseball player and you had an injury. Tell me about that. Well, first off, Rich, thanks for having me on. Robin, what's up? Miss you. Congrats to Maxwell, by the way. Um, so how I started in fitness was, yes, my, my background is in sports. I was, play, I played football, basketball, baseball my whole life, went to college to West Virginia, was playing baseball. I got drafted by the Brewers. And at the time I had three herniated discs in my spine and I was really hurt. And I knew that if I signed that contract, it just would have led to just more injury and just more, just me like mentally being, being hurt. And so I did turned it down finished my psych degree and got into personal training. Um, actually, during that time when I was finishing my psych degree, I also took uh, my LSAT to go to law school. So I came back to New York City from West Virginia University to go to law school. And during the time, I picked up personal training from a friend who's doing group fitness. So I started group fitness early summer, then school came around. And during those months during the summer, I was like, wow, you can actually make some really good money just doing group fitness. And how old were you? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to know how, what at what age this started because that explains a lot. That was like tw 23, 24. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. Continue. So 23, 24. You, I heard you were on the Division One baseball. That's like supposed to be a big thing. Like once yeah, well, you are Division One. Yeah. There's uh, three divisions. Uh, Division One, uh, West Virginia University. We played in the Big Twelve, which is one of the bigger conferences. 
played teams like Texas, Texas Tech, Kansas. And, and that's uh, where you get recruited, right? That's when you're there. That's where you, when you get recruited. Yeah. And, and you actually were recruited as you started, as you said, by the Milwaukee Brewers, right? That's you said you were actually recruited and declined yeah. that. Okay. I'm just recapping. So, okay. So at this young age, you start working out. I mean, anyone that starts off with a good body at that age that works out is really, you know, they're they're made that's it they're made in the shade forever so that's how you did it so at 24 and then you started to make money training other people at that age how did yes so actually at 24 when i was playing baseball i was like 235 my scene i was 230 when i got or sorry 225 when i got to new york city i got into bodybuilding and i was like 235 how tall are you like six one Okay. Yeah, of course you're six one. God forbid you should be like five six. Continue. <laughs> and then during this time, during that time of, of bodybuilding and being in the city and seeing a lot of like trainers uh, who are very mobile and like they're very fit and seems like they're never sweating. And I here I am at two thirty five sweating all the time, have no mobility whatsoever. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to start to go towards that way of life. And when I stopped building bodybuilding and got into the mobility. Uh, and cardio, that definitely was an upgrade to my life. But uh, here nor there, um, where were we? So 24. Okay, so yeah, so you're 24. And so that's how it started. So really, you started off as a baseball player. That was like kind of your dream in college. And you were really going to get you, you, tur- you turned down a recruitment. And from there, you got into bodybuilding, then you started um, your workouts, and you kind of trimmed down. Yes, there was also a guardian angel during this whole process. Um, I won't say his name, but during the time of the summer when I was doing group fitness and then September came around, school started, he was somebody who worked at a company that he also went to law school, worked at a company that has nothing to do with his law degree. So I think he saw a little bit of that in me um, and was just like, listen, this is a good profession. You can run with this. You have a good stick. Just go. So I took the money. He gave me a check for 10 sessions or sorry, a hundred sessions at the time. It was the most money I've seen. So tell me and how much that was for a hundred sessions. I'm it curious. was, I was charging a hundred dollars per session. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty good. Just out of college, you know, it was just like, okay, like, uh, took the check, ran, dropped out of law school day two. And I never turned back. Okay. So it's funny. I mean, I know none of it has to do with the way you look. Wink, wink. I mean, because there are so many trainers. We all know that there are so many trainers. I've been going to Equinox for 20 years. And, you know, there are some really good trainers. There's, you know, a couple that are actually, you know, have, you know, decent bodies or good bodies. But really, I find most trainers themselves seem to need a trainer. So, and it's funny, I had this conversation with another, um, who was it? Robin, who was it? I forgot who it was. Oh, no, it was Andrea. I had the same conversation with Andrea. Okay. Um, so I said, and I said, most of them seem like they look like they need trainers. So do you go to somebody for their knowledge or do you want to kind of be inspired? And how, how do you find it? First of all, did you ever see the new Sex in the City and just like that? Um, is this about the Peloton episode? No, it's not. It's about the episode where she has hip surgery and then they assign to her a physical therapist that comes out. And of course he, I think Australian or something, very good looking young guy comes out and all of a sudden she looks so depressed on the chair and she looks at him and she looks up and she's like, yep, I'm ready for physical therapy. She goes now and finishes the physical therapy and the woman at the desk says, you know, we made a mistake. We, your insurance doesn't cover for this guy. 
She goes, well, oh, what, what does that mean? She goes, no, we'll just assign somebody else to you, you know, that your insurance is covered by. And, you know, you see this big overweight schlub come in and say, you know, he's the new trainer. She leans in and whispers, she goes, I'll pay out of pocket. <laughs> so there is something to be said, like it reminds me of that. There's something to be said to want to be inspired, to want to look forward to going because it's funny, when, when we saw that scene, I looked at Brad and I've had physical therapy many times. I paused the television and I looked at him. I said, never in my life, man or woman, ever. It's never like that. Anyway, so I'm sorry to interrupt. So you're good. Continue. I think I think on what you're saying, yes, I, I, I am inspired by people who, you know, kind of practice what they preach. I think a lot of, even I have a coach. Uh, I think everybody should have a coach. Every Wednesday, there's actually a group of fit pros in New York City who get together and we work out. And it's literally just, a, we, there's not any music playing. There could be 10 people, there could be 20. And we get into a room, we work out. We don't, we barely talk and we just like, you know, kick our own asses. When it comes okay, to so fitness, mm -hmm. when it comes to fitness, the, the two most important motivators is music and people. So, your trainer can know every book that's out there, but at the end of the day, it's the accountability and the showing up. It's the consistency through and through. So there have been a lot of fads with working out. You know, some of them stick, some of them don't. Soul Cycle, Peloton, these things seem to kind of stick. What is there? Any new fads coming? I, I actually did a fad when I broke my wrist and couldn't work out. I, I can't remember the name. It's they put this machine on you and it electrocutes kind of your uh, body. E EMS. What is it called? Electric, EMS. Electric EMS training. So yeah, because I electric train, magnetic stimulation. Yes. So with my broken wrist, I was able to just put it on. You do light movement and it kind of shocks your body. So of course that and was a you, fad. If you lock out your elbow, you get like locked up. If you've ever been there. Exactly. You your triceps like, like, ah. Yes, yeah. exactly. So there are so many fads. Is there a new fad? Even kettlebells to me, I'm sorry. I saw you do them on your Instagram. To me, they look, there might as well be an ambulance right behind me waiting for me to injure myself. I mean, I see people swing those kettlebells around and I'm thinking for what? I mean, is that a fad or is that really... It's 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 more of like what I'm into. My style of coaching is movement. I love movement and mindset. Uh, kettlebells are very functional to me. So you can press with two legs. You can press with one. You could do lunges. You could hold it in your hands for a long period of time. With barbells, you know, it's kind of pick it up, put it down type of deal. So kettlebells more functional aspects. When it comes to fads, New York City. I mean, New York's been been just absolutely kind of crushed during the pandemic. Uh, for myself, it's been like the wild, wild west of fitness here. And I've been doing like group classes outside. And I think that like, you know, it's just like, just like the seasons. Um, well, where know, are you? I'm, I'm right now I'm down in uh, Battery Park. So I'm okay. at Brookfield Place. Okay, so good. So for there, you've been actually, you know, working out and doing outdoor yeah, so well, right, right now I'm doing indoor. I'm teaching here Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9.30 a.m. And I can get 12 people on a class. I average like eight or 10, which is a solid number. And it's just like all about community and just getting people together. And, and what are you teaching? What is the class? It's uh, basically a 45-minute boot camp class. Okay. Okay. So like to me, that was like another fad. I mean, I'm not saying it's a fad. It works. But I've tried a lot of these things. And for some reason, they don't work 
for me because I'm always afraid that I'm going to really get injured. I mean, I swear to God, I took one class in Equinox and everybody around, this was before the pandemic, everybody was sweating. The floor was wet and they're doing burpees, jumping up and down. And I almost slipped. I literally turned around just to see through the glass doors if there was anybody waiting with a gurney, just in case. It just seemed so reckless and crazy. So needless to say, I never took that class again. And, you know, I and going back to kettlebells, I guess the people that I see swinging them are trained to be doing what they're doing. I'm sure they're not giving it to their clients and handing them a kettlebell and saying, you know, swing it around everywhere. Yeah. When it comes to group fitness, that is like the um, thing that really sucks. It's because I'm teaching a group of 10 people, 20 people, 30 people. I can't just stop the entire class. Hold up. This person can't do a kettlebell swing. Let me stop. Teach you how. So I would literally come up to you and be like, hey, like after class, like let's talk. If you want to set up like a one-on-one, we do an hour. You don't have to do a 10-pack, 30-pack. You can literally do 60 minutes, teach you how to do kettlebell swing. So the next time you're in class, you crush it. Right. Okay. So what should people look for in a trainer other than the fact that we already established the fact that if you want to be motivated, that you want somebody that you can look at and say, okay, I, I, he practiced what he preaches. This guy goes home and has egg whites. And you know, this guy starves himself like me, my stomach eats itself and I get grumpy. I want my trainer to be just as miserable as me. I don't want him to be chubby and jolly and to have had his French fries and then, you know, train me. I want him to be miserable and hungry. So that's my motivation. You do not, you do not need to be miserable and hungry. I know that's, I'm exaggerating. I'm just yeah, miserable. I use hungry as an excuse for myself to be miserable. That's just my shit. Also can't remember last time I had egg whites. You can't remember. Can't. I just don't, don't order them. Don't, don't buy them. So you eat probably, you're the type that probably still eats bagels. I mean, on this ski tri- trip last week, yeah, I had a bagel almost every morning, but I was also burning 2,000 calories skiing every single day. So it's a little right. bit different. Right. So I want to ask you the a question. When people are <clears throat> very overweight, where do you begin? Like, I have a theory of cardio is so important to me, but I know as you get older, you lose muscle mass. But I don't know why I can't get out of so much cardio. I feel like cardio keeps my stomach, which I want to get to after how to keep your abs and loves handles, you know, in check. But when people that are really out of shape, where do you begin? Do you hire? I I think it's ridiculous. I'm sorry to ramble, but I think it's ridiculous when I see, you know, really out of shape people with a trainer sitting on a machine chatting, you know, doing the 12 reps. I'm just thinking they're wasting their money. That doesn't make sense to me. They need to get on a cardio machine and stay there for 24 hours, even after the gym closes. The trainer's supposed to say, I'm picking you up back here tomorrow. Here's fruit and a glass of water. Throw it up after you're done with it. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So if somebody comes to me super overweight, the first thing I do is, is heart rate training. So I need to see where they are when where their heart that. is. What kind of training? heart rate training oh heart rate okay yes heart rate. heart rate training okay so your your heart tells you everything right you have a max heart rate uh we have anaerobic aerobic and basically it's just like how long can you be walking on a treadmill for until you're an an anaerobic and anyone like an anaerobic is like the fat burning stage that's like 155 and above so if you're on the treadmill and you're walking on like on like an incline of three and it's been six minutes and you're already an anaerobic I'm going to take it very slow. And then every single week, we're going to work off that. We're going to keep checking in because it's like, okay, three minutes, 
at the, uh, six minutes of the incline at three, you're not anaerobic. You're aerobic now. You're getting like a 110. Now it's time to up the incline. And like, that's the most important thing is like starting slow and you don't want to push yourself too much. Right. But it, so it is, so it is a, a cardio, right? You'll agree to that, that it is mainly the cardio. I know. So I have a friend of mine who he complains to me all the time that he barely eats and he can't lose his stomach. He can't seem to lose weight. And I'm hearing that from a few men around me that it's the same story that they, they claiming they're claiming that they're not eating. They starve themselves and they can't lose. What is that about? Is that really true? Or are they sleep eating? It, it, it could be, it could be that they're like literally just messing with their sleep so much by causing so much stress to the body by not eating. Our bodies need fuel. Without fuel, it's not going to operate properly. So I, is I would it, tell somebody, continue. I, would tell somebody, I would tell somebody like that to get blood work done, see what you're deficient in and like really go from there because it's really hard for me to like look at somebody and be like, okay, this is what you're doing wrong. The blood work will tell you a lot. I'm actually going to tell one friend in particular absolutely to get blood work. I love that. You see, that's great advice. I knew I'd get something out of you today, but I want more. So so the other thing I was going to say is the fact that I don't think they're exercising enough. Like I, I found that I was never overweight, but I really found that my body was at its best. I did two things simultaneously. One was I cut out red meat and, and cheese. Those were the two things, you know, I'll still have, you know, dairy and a cookie and I'll have ice cream and I, you know, and I eat uh, fish and occasionally chicken. But I found that when I stopped the red meat and the cheese and I started working out regularly at least five days a week, one hour, that's when my body really completely trimmed down completely. And I find it's the consistency. Do you think that it's the lack of consistency of cardio in particular that people can't seem to lose what they want to lose? Yeah, consistency plays such a huge role. Like why you said that you couldn't get into any of the fads. Well, it was because your consistency wasn't there. If you continued to go, you would have found something you probably loved about it. Maybe a friend, maybe the, a trainer. And it would have been the consistency that got you to come back or that person seeing the results that they want. Right. Um, tell me about abs because, you know, I, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but with personal trainers, I always say, you know, I'm not impressed with big arms. I don't care how big your arms and how big your chest are. Just lift up your shirt and I want to see your stomach because to me that says everything. And that's what uh, that's what I'm kind of obsessed about is and that's why I constantly do cardio. So as much as I do pull ups and chin ups and dips and now I do them with weights on, I can't build the muscle mass that I would like to, because I don't think I eat enough. I don't think I eat enough food that puts it on. But the reason why I'm doing so much cardio is because I just worry about the stomach. Am I wrong about that? And don't give me bad advice. Don't give me a will and grace episode where suddenly you're going to tell me something and I'm going to have a belly. I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to tell you personal advice and I'm, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong, but when you do do cardio, you do need to eat more carbs. And a lot of people will be like, oh, I hear carbs are the enemy. It's actually not the case. Our, our body needs carbs, especially if we're doing cardio, for energy. Um, that being said, I would also tell you maybe it's time to get testosterone checked out because when you lift lower extremities, heavy weight, uh, heavy deadlifts, I like the hex bar, uh -huh. you, your, your body goes under strain that then turns it, uh, your testosterone on. 
So the human male literally produces more testosterone when they lift heavy legs. I had my testosterone checked. It's funny you should ask. I had it checked a few years ago and it was fine. It was great. But why are you telling me that you think I should check my testosterone? Just, just, well, are you doing heavy, heavy legs? Heavy legs? Um, no, legs, no. I, I don't do such heavy legs. I, I do stuff. To, I don't kill myself. I never, I don't grunt. I'm not one of those guys that's grunting at the gym or throwing a medicine ball up and down so people's hearts jump out of their skin. Totally fine. Totally you know fine. what I'm saying? You know, you get those trainers, they just hand yeah. somebody a medicine ball. And right when I'm chilling out, I hear it smashing on the ground and I turn around and I'm thinking, come on, there's a million things they could do. In any right. case, no, I want to get back to why you thought I might need to get my testosterone checked. Because it could be low and turning, uh, having somebody that has more testosterone is going to burn more fat. But I'm, I burn fat. I don't, the thing is I'm not building as much muscle as I would like to, but I, I think it's because I'm not eating enough Sorry. food. Sorry. Turning on your testosterone builds more muscle. Oh, got it. So you're it saying, does, okay. It, it, I just okay. didn't finish what I was saying. I Burns probably fat, didn't let you. Builds got more it. muscle. All, all, all fine. But when I say I need to also get back to heavy lifting, uh, it could be, let's say you get a barbell or you get a deadlift bar and you put 25s on each side and you're doing that for like 15 to 20 reps and that's difficult, that's heavy lifting. You know, it doesn't need to be the entire plates or like stacked onto the thing. That's a lot of people think like, oh, well, that guy's lifting that, that girl's lifting that, I need to lift this. It's like, do you and, and put yourself under tension. And right. that's that's gonna okay. get you so does the I mean, same rule apply for women i mean women can't have testosterone checked but is there something i mean they can check their blood work to see if you know what's going on if they feel they're working out or dieting and not losing weight do you think that the blood work can tell something in you know what's going on or is there something like a male checks his testosterone what would a woman check i mean i don't know if she would need to check her estrogen what that would do i mean cortisol levels okay you know, the so mind plays so much into the body. If our, if our mind is not right and we're constantly having stress, things are not going to work right. Okay, so that's interesting. Cortisone levels, testosterone, blood work. These are important for people that I that feel that they're not getting anywhere while they're working out. And I think having a good trainer, you know, I you know, it's funny because I make jokes about trainers and it's like, you know, my joke is that there are so many of them, you know, they're all the same, but we know that they're not all the same. And everyone needs something different for their body. So I brought up Will and Grace before. You probably don't know the show because you're too young. Do you know the show Will and Grace? I do, I do know the show, but I wouldn't understand the reference. Okay. okay, well, I'm gonna tell you the reference. You'll get this reference. They're at the gym, Will and Grace are at the gym and she's working out with a trainer, but he Will thinks she's too cheap. He's like, but he's working out with that woman. And he goes, yeah, but why should I pay if I can just follow what they're doing for free? <laughs> so it turns out she meets them at the same time and she does their work. And finally they're on to, they go, are you, are you copying us? And she says, no, he goes, I forgot how it ends. But the point was he was helping that girl get a bigger ass and get a flatter chest. And Grace obviously wanted the opposite. So she was copying the trainer. And so like she was trying. So basically what I'm saying is like, can you just watch somebody and pick up tips or you really need to focus on your own body? You really got to focus on your own body, but also at the same time, like group fitness is the biggest motivator. 
if you really want to get somewhere um, and you don't have an injury, um, like Olympic athletes, they, they literally train in groups. They, yeah, but when you're they, training in group, you're not training individual body parts. Like it must, it must mean that everyone is doing the same thing for that, you know, for the same parts of the body. Yeah. I mean, if you want it to be individualized, you can totally get that. Right. Um, there's, there's a lot of science that says, you know, a lot of genetics has to go into, into, into play. And, um, with my clients, what I do, like what makes me different when people are like, all right, I'm going to hire you as a trainer. I'm like, okay, let's hack your sleep. I like get them on a sleeping aid. I like, I get them on like, a whoop or I get them anything that can track your sleep. And we're going to figure Why? that out because, because sleep is everything. If you can't, if you're not mastering your sleep and your heart's not in a good place, you're not going to get what, you, what, what you're, what you're looking for. So you're basically just wasting your money. Got it. So now I'm not wasting money because I don't have a trainer, but I'm wasting a lot of time because I'm a terrible sleeper. And when I was sleeping great is I really felt my body was at its peak. So you're really right. My yeah, body was at its peak when I was, I was younger, but it doesn't matter. Since we had the kids, it's like I, I, a terrible sleeper. And I think that's one of my biggest issues that I have is my lack of sleep. So that's good to know. What Say that again, Brad? Sleep aids. Oh, what's Brad's asking? What sleep aids do you suggest? But I know you don't believe in that. Sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, just I'm, I'm more natural everything. When I said sleep aid, I'm, I mean, I was trying to help aid their sleep in the sense of like tracking it. So like a whoop, it, it tracks the HRV. But something that I do that really helps me is like, I, I no cell phone after seven o'clock. Let's say I the, uh, this podcast, for example, right? Last night I was like, I'm gonna have the best sleep ever. Seven o'clock, no phone, eight o'clock lights off, blue light glasses. I took magnesium around 730, 500 milligrams. And then I took a tincture of CBD before I went to bed. And wait, 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 you're talking too fast. Magnesium, what does magnesium do? Magnesium helps with stress. Okay, balance how, hormones. Okay, how much do you take? What kind of I take I take um, 500 milligrams. Okay, I like that. And then you also said, what was the other thing? The CBD. The CBD, what do you do? The CBD oil? CBD oil, tincture under the tongue. And that really helps because I tried that. Nothing helps me. Yeah. Okay. It so helps that me really... stay, stay in REM for longer. So you're not watching TV? So you're saying like after eight o'clock, you're not watching TV? TV's on, but I do have the blue light glasses. I just try not to strain. Uh, it's more peripheral instead of tunnel vision. It's just, I'm, I'm not looking at my cell phone and I'm locked in. It's just something's on and it's kind of like white noise and, you know, kind of just move around the apartment until I get tired. You know what I can't wait for? Do you have a girlfriend? I do have a girlfriend, yeah. Good. I can't wait till you knock her up and she pops twins out. I can't wait. I was going to say, I wanna I see gonna you say you. when you said kids. Yeah, you knew where I was getting at. Yeah. When you said kids, I was like, see, I cannot coach anybody with that because I have no idea what that's like. Yeah. And, I can't uh, wait for that to happen. I just can't wait. I want to see you with your blue sunglasses, your light glasses and your, you know, magnesium. You're not, they're not going to, they're going to torture you. You're not going to be doing any of that shit. So enjoy it now while you can. Well, they do say that when you get older, you need less sleep. I don't know the science that backs that, but people have said that before. Yeah, they, they say that you get less sleep, but I don't even get good sleep. Anyway, I don't want to, that's, I'll save that for a doctor. We got, Brad, we have to get a sleep doctor on for me. I don't want to pay for a session. So try to find a sleep doctor, a sleep specialist I need. Um, 
Okay, so what about people that struggle again with the midsection? Do you, would you recommend, if they're already in shape, would you recommend for them to go for liposuction and then still continue or still change their diet and stick to? I would, I would never say liposuction. Um, I would always, when it comes to love handles, stomach, for myself, my favorite exercises is a deadlift a two kettlebell front squat barbell. Now, once how does that second, work? How does that work your stomach? Because deadlifts, it, you, deadlifts it actually, it's your uh, posterior change. So it's your hamstrings, your glutes, and your lower back, which tightens the core. Your core staying, is staying engaged the entire, with every movement I just said. Wow. See, like I can't do that because I have a bad back. So once I do my lower back, you know, gets bad. And when I do deadlifts, you know, at some point, I my back aches in the morning. I even tried doing squats and my back was hurting. This was years ago. And I went to the doctor and um, he asked me and I said, I do squats. He's like, don't, I have scoliosis, by the way, which is okay. a side. I was, I was, I was going to ask. Yeah, you see, you know, you know what to ask. So I do have scoliosis, but it's never really, you know, I don't know. It's never really been that big of a problem. But he said, are you crazy? Stop doing squats with weights on your on, on your shoulders and i'll tell you once i stopped my back stopped hurting but i can't see myself doing deadlifts it just looks too yeah. so tell me about crunches tell me about crunches and sit-ups so i don't go all the way up but is that wrong but i still really I, feel my stomach i i really stay away from crunches it's not like something that like i'm, I'm totally against it's just like i'm not into the whole compression decompression of the spine to me, there's other ways of engaging your core, and that's just not something that I really focus on. Okay, so your way was a deadlift and deadlifts, planks, uh, planks. Planks are great. Love planks. I actually, so when I was playing baseball and I got injured and I stopped, I had three hernia discs in my lumbar, so I had to strengthen my back, and like I learned a lot. Like I had sciatica for six months, seven, wow. seven months. It was it yeah, changed who I was. Yeah, it changed who I was, and. So when I got offered, you know, to, to play baseball, I was just like, I just, I can't even think about sports or moving. I'm constantly sweating and so much pain. So I really started to and, really, yeah, I'm sorry, finish. Dive, in, dive into the movement of like bettering myself. And I know you don't believe in medication. I mean, you said somewhere um, something about, you know, you kind of don't believe in it. Yeah, I took, I took Tylenol um, Thanksgiving, uh, two Thanksgivings ago, because I got COVID, and I was the last thing I wanted to do. But it was like when the vaccine was even out, and I was like, you know what? Whatever. This is the last, last thing I could think of, and COVID was terrible. But uh, anyway, um, because you said never be dependent on any drug. Yes, but you do believe that it's okay to take drugs to get you through certain things. Um, it just depends. Like, it really just depends on, on what you're taking. I, I do not believe in, in, in Advil. I'm, I'm a big, I'll talk your Tylenol. ear off about uh, Tylenol, Advil. I'll talk your ear off about like beets, ginger, turmeric, all that stuff. Um, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the black pepper activation, but I will talk about the food is medicine. Okay. So how about a Vicodin crushed up in a martini? <laughs> That just sounds like a good Saturday night. Oh, that's my medicine. So that's my, that, that's my medicine. But okay. So 
Yes. So I, I get what you're saying. You know, listen, I know that the beats and all of that is great. When I had issues with my knee, I was doing the uh, turmeric and, you know, drinking shakes with turmeric and crushing, you know, vitamins. And at the end of the day, I went for physical therapy. I didn't get the guy that was on just like that. The good looking one, of course, I got the one with bad breath who liked to talk very close <laughs> and, you know, it helped. And that was it. So it, it really just seems like so much work. What supplements and shape? Wait, Alan, I have to tell you, you're young and you're doing all of this. You know, the blue light glasses, the magnesium, the CBD oil. You're young. You have the time and the luxury to do all this. But as you get older, there's so much more shit that you have on your plate. And I'm not even talking about kids and a wife. I'm saying body, you know, your body little by little, you know, I, your knee will hurt. Your this will hurt. And you got to start taking care of other things. What can we cut out here? You got to eliminate and help me cut out certain things that are not necessary. If you cut out complaining, you'll have more time. Brad says, if I cut out complaining, I'll have more time. That's not enough. <laughs> I like to complain. So, so, so the, being in this since 20, I was also personal training like at 21, but being in it for 11 years and just pushing my body to like certain brinks and I, I just turned 31. Uh, what I've learned the most is that less is more. And the more I'm putting thought into something, the, the really the less I'm really getting back mentally and physically. Because the more I'm stressing about why I'm not looking some type of way or why am I not here at my job, why can't I not go on this vacation, the more my body's producing cortisol and then I'm just looking, I'm holding on to stomach fat and I'm, I'm not looking to my optimal performance. And um, my advice... For, for anyone who's listening is just, you know, set a plan and know what works for you. And those things that do work, write them down because we are habitual by nature and we tend to forget as we go on because more stress is thrown our way. So write the things down. We all have cell phones, go on your notes, write down stuff that works and then have the do nots, write the stuff that does not work. Cause that really, to look at it, it, it might seem silly, but it, it really does help. I think what you said also is smart, writing it down. I always say uh, it's up here, but for some reason, when you actually write it down, it really substantiates it. It really, you know what I'm saying? It kind of puts a period at like, okay, this is it. Yes. I, I heard something else, which was funny. You can't outrun your calories. When I say like, can't you just eat and then just get on the treadmill and just run? And uh, it was one of the trainers I had, it was Andrea also. She said, you can outrun your, 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 your intake, your calories. And I love that line because it stops me sometimes from, you know, just eating the junk that I want to eat because I do like my sweets and I still will eat them every day. It's just, you know, how much of it. Also what time of day too. I don't know if I believe in exactly what you said that line. Like, I always say you can't out train a bad diet. Like, I think in, in theory, you can actually burn the calories if you really want to, like that you're putting in. But at the same time, you, you could be just causing a lot of stress to your body. You have terrible sleep and it, it just, it's a trickle effect from there. So what did you say? You said you can't out-train. You can't a bad diet. Yeah, you can't out-train a bad diet. I want people to, to remember that, including me. It's a very important thing. You know, people think just the word trainer makes them feel like, okay, you know, I'm good now, but no, you have to really work at it. I've dealt with a lot of people in, in my career and we, some people want to do measurements. Some people want to weigh in 
and there was people who we would train nonstop and we would crush it and they would go up and wait and they would be like, I'm doing everything you told me, blah, 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 blah. And then it would take a couple months for them to be like, you know what, after we worked out, I'm breaking down. I'm, I'm getting, you know, Mr. Chow's, I'm ordering so much Chinese food and I'm eating like a piece of crap. And the, my biggest advice to anybody is like, listen, accept it, accept yourself and just be okay with your path. Everybody has a path. And like a lot of people, you know, even myself as a trainer to my people, it was like, I'm here to help you. You know, no, nobody's, you know, I don't want to get mad at my people. I'm just want to encourage them so they can live their best lives. So be vulnerable, talk about the, the good, talk about the bad. It just, it's, it's a good way to progress in your, in your, in your path faster. Well, Alan, I have a question. Richie, can I ask? I'm just going to interrupt yeah, for a second. Yeah, that's Robin. So, the hi, Alan. What's up, what's up what's Robin? Up, what's up, Alan? So do you suggest tell people um, to take these off? Is there excessive working out? How many hours How many hours a day do you work out? Because, you know, you rest your body. How often? What do you do? It's a great question. So um, it's really hard to explain how much I'm working out because I'm always constantly moving. So um, I work out like three times a week and I used to work out six times a week. And when I do work out for those three times a week, I push myself really, really hard. I was able to basically coach myself through um, a, a watch called Wolf. And a Wolf is a heart rate monitor and it tracks your HRV, which is your heart rate variability. And it tells you how like ready you are to take on strain and how um, little you are to take on strain. So I started listening to that. And just on my wrist, I had this coach that was telling me like, hey, you need to not do anything today. Your HRV is very, very low and you just need to sleep or just you know, hang out and talk. So I started listening to that. And then the less I did, the more I was getting. Everyone's body is different. Um, everyone's heart is different. So I would say like, you really got to like be in tune with your nutrition, with your mind and your body before doing a six week workout weekly. Got it. Do you Sorry, think it's wrong? Do you think it's wrong to work out six days a week or seven days a week? If you're doing the same thing, yes. Yes. But if, if you switch it off, I know a lot of people are against, I know a lot of trainers say you have to give your, your body rest. Um, I tend to work out if I can six days a week. If I can do it seven, I'll do seven, but I won't do the same things. I'll do cardio, I'll run, and then I'll do, you know, I'll do other things, but am I harming my body? I find that sometimes working out too much is counterproductive because you wind up with injuries. And like I said earlier, a bad knee or yeah, hydration, you can't, you can't hold on to water because you're constantly sweating. You can't hold on to calories because you're constantly burning. It's funny, like our bodies work in a very interesting way that if we just relax and do nothing at all, it actually just completely repairs itself. So, you, you know, like when you have terrible sleep and you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I need food. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. Your body's literally telling you to not eat because when you eat, you're putting your body on the treadmill and it's the last thing it wants to do. All it needs is you to go back to sleep and get the hours of sleep that you need. Wow, so, so I would say answer the question is less is more. Um, I like that. I like the less is more because if, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. And I like the idea of not having to think about it. In other words, don't think about how your body, you know, what you have to do. And your body repairs itself. If you're saying your body repairs itself when it does nothing, that is the best thing anyone could listen to because neurotic 
people that work out like me, we don't listen to that advice. When our knee hurts, we'll still run seven, eight, nine. Some people run 20 miles. When your knee starts to hurt, stop working out. If you stop working out, it can repair itself. I had a torn meniscus. I was close to having surgery. It was really hurting me. And I finally stopped running for a long time. I did maybe the elliptical, which, you know, embarrasses me because it always seems like for old people, but I did it. And, you know, it repaired itself. I didn't have to go for the surgery. So what you're saying is right again. You're not as dumb as you look. <laughs> I love that. You know, I'm kidding. I love it. You're actually very no, smart. I love it. And you have, you're actually very smart. And if people can implement, if even me, who's so stubborn, can implement these basic rules, it's like listening to your body, it could repair itself on its own if you stop doing the exercise that's hurting it. That's correct. That's, that's it. And if you do live in New York City, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are in New York City, like, you know, doing the same class over and over, you're not going to get the results that you're looking for. So really spend the time on, if you're doing boxing, then hit up uh, Soul Cycle, then hit a rumble, like spread it out. The more diverse you are, the, the better your body's going to operate and the, m- the more functional it's going to be. I think that's great advice, which leads me to my next question. Um, how long should somebody be working out with a trainer or the same trainer or even a trainer at some point? Aren't they supposed to get you past? Yeah, great question. So like, uh, with me, I would always think, I would always be like, wow, like what's the half life of this? You know, we just met, um, now we're going to train. And when it comes to training my people, it's like, I teach you how to fish right after you learn how to fish and you just go fish. At the end of the day, I was talking about the accountability aspect, just like how I need my accountability on Wednesdays. And I get into that room with fit pros. That's what it comes down to. It's like, I teach them all the things that I learn. I'm constantly on pod, listen to podcasts, reading books, trying to just like, you know, better myself to better them. And they're constantly hiring, you know, still paying me for, I've had clients for up to eight years now and they're paying for that accountability aspect. I mean, I'm going to continue to always be the student, try to learn as much as I possibly can, but you know, it's the accountability that they're, that they're paying for. So I really don't think you can put a price to it. I think if it's working, continue to do it. But if you're not getting challenged by your trainer, then, then it's time to you know, think about how you're investing your money. Move on, yeah. But I do, I, I do think everybody should start with a trainer. I started with a trainer many years ago. So I had a trainer for about a year and a half, two years. And I switched, you know, I had one trainer and then, you know, after a year I switched to another trainer. You know, I I wanted to learn the basics, especially learn the basics for myself. So I do think it's important for people to absolutely start with a trainer to know what you're doing. But, you know, it depends on the person, you know, you know, some people feel like in order to, to exercise, they need to have somebody with them, whether it's, you know, encouraging them or just having a conversation with them. Yeah. I mean, the two biggest motivators, music and the people. So people, yeah, just, you just, you just mentioned fitness. Equinox. Yeah. Well, Equinox is, yeah. Equinox well, not today. today. Back in the day. I was talking about the old Equinox and I've discussed it on the podcast back in the day when, when they used to give models and celebrities free access, you'd go there at oh, eight, yeah. nine o'clock at night. And it was like, it really looked like a modeling agency. Everybody was dressed cute and, you know, cause they were there for free and it annoyed me cause I had to pay, but you know, yeah. I'll take it any day of the week. But since they became corporate, it's not the same thing. But it was about the music and it was about the people and the energy. And it was great. 
Yeah. I mean, but Equinox now, is definitely very interesting. Tell um, me why. Well, just because like the whole the whole training platform and everything. Um, so, so so many trainers have gotten out of the the concepts of being a trainer there because of how corporate it is, and you know, persons paying this, trainers getting that, and it's just it's tough because training is 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 a very you know tough job, especially starting out because you know maybe you don't know anything or you don't know anyone and. Um, I just feel like when it comes to, to fitness in New York city, the, the best way to get into training is really doing it yourself and putting yourself out there and offering some free training sessions, free classes and, and get a following through that building through community. So it makes sense now because it looks like the trainers there are kind of, and, and I hate to say this, they just seem like beginners. They seem all like beginners starting out. They don't seem like the, they don't seem like, you know, the top of the line trainers. They just seem like the guys that are first starting out. Yeah. I mean, they have multiple tiers, the tier one to tier three. And then, you know, those tier three trainers, I think that's the top tier, top tier X. Sorry. Those, those, a lot of my friends are doing that and like, they're great, but they had to put in so much time and effort when after, you know, just one year alone, they could have been in a tier X Personally. Any expectations about getting a television show or some kind of, you know, because, you know, since The Biggest Loser and you've had all these famous trainers now going on to these, you know, huge platforms, you know, they become really famous. I mean, you're an excellent trainer from what I understand. I know how many people you've trained and I've seen your Instagram. It seems like you know what you're talking about. My biggest takeaway is blood work. I mean, I'm going to tell everyone to take blood work. I mean, when I order my food, I'm going to tell the girl that serves me, go get blood work done. Um, because I think that's the smartest thing to know what's going on instead of always complaining. So what do you think about, you know, doing something like that? Is that something that is in your future? If, if it pops up, it's definitely something like a door I'll walk through as of right now. And in the past, I've, I've like summer house, I, I popped in on that a couple of times. Like they're just constantly shooting and never like really landed like a full-time gig on summer house uh there's oh so summer house is a television it's a reality show yeah that's on bravo bravo okay and i was just thinking to myself it's like it's so it's it's a group of uh new yorkers that go out to the hamptons every summer and every weekend it's filmed they also like film during the week and it's like okay how can i really pitch myself in something like that without burning myself to the ground you're in the Hamptons, you're drinking, there's a lot going on, you know, the camera's gonna make you look however it wants you to look. So you just gotta, you gotta think about stuff like that. And then uh, right now, like my main focus is, is community. Um, like, well, I'm, you said Upper East Side, I'm actually down in Tribeca. I've been here for like five, six years now. And- But you've trained be- a lot of Upper East Siders, haven't you? Yes, yes, okay, yeah. I have, yeah. Every now and then I'll, I'll pop back up there, but it's it's been some time ever since COVID. And um, when the spring comes around, I'm going to be doing my outdoor classes again. Okay. And that's going to be at the pier, pier 25 across from Grand Banks. And I average like 25 to 30 people per class there, which is great. And like I said, it's a wild, wild west of fitness. So nobody's coming up to me being like, hey, where's your permit? Uh, which I love. And I'm hoping that stays the same. And you know, I'm going to keep doing that and just putting my energy and focus into that and my people. And if a TV show does, you know, come around, which 
castings are constantly happening nonstop. I'm, mm. you know, I'm not going to be opposed to uh, taking it. Have you met with Andy when you went for the show? Was Andy? It a meeting with Andy Cohen? Um, so uh, Carl, oh, if you know okay. Carl Racky. Right, you know yeah. him, Carl Racky? No. No, I, we, I met with Andy. When we were doing something with uh, Bravo, we, we, we actually met with Andy. Um, anyway, oh, so... Thanks. What? Yes. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, I do remember now. And you also talk about meditation. You really meditate? Yeah, well, I do yeah. mindful meditation. What is mind, what's the difference between mindful meditation and regular meditation? The, the, the complete honesty, it's all, it's all the same ish. And I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. But at the end of the day, meditation is just letting your mind wander and not constantly being tunnel vision you're more peripheral with your thoughts and mindful meditation is closing your eyes and doing absolutely nothing and in response it allows your body to just completely relax and go into a state of conscious consciousness of repair and so what do i do i literally just close my eyes put a like blindfold on white noise and i just lay there for like 20 minutes and things don't pop into your head um, I kind of just let them pop in, pop out. It's just like, right. there's, it's just, it really helps me get in a state of flow. And how long do you do that for? 20 minutes. Oh, you said 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I mean, I, I tried to sit in a, what is it called? A whirlpool once they had it when I had my sciatica, I had the same thing. I tapped the water for two seconds and jumped right out. <laughs> Can't just sit there. But, um, less, is, I, less is more. Less is more. Okay. Because like a lot that. of these apps that you put on, it's like, okay, now like they do a lot of, um, I forget what it's called, but like they'll like try to get, think about your toe all the way to your kneecap, to your hip, to the top of your head. So you're constantly thinking about it, but like meditating is supposed to be just like letting go. So just laying there and just doing nothing at all. Okay. And tell me a little bit about your personal life. You said you had a girlfriend, right? How long have you guys been dating? Uh, we dated in college for four and a half years, uh, oh. well, f five years, and then we broke up for four and a half, and we are newly together since October. Wow. So you've got to be serious with her because if you're both the same age, you can't waste her time. That's not fair. Yes, you are 100%. I wouldn't get into it if I wasn't serious. Good. So what's her name? Alex. Okay, Alex. You heard it here on Rich in Life. He's serious, so you hold him to it. Um, yeah, I just like to know personal shit. I don't know why. And how many siblings you have? I have three siblings. Three siblings. Okay, yeah. so you're one of four. One of four. Wow. And where do you fall? So older sister, older brother, myself, little sister. Okay, cool. And your parents have always been encouraging with you? They've always yeah, so backed you? Always, always been very encouraging. Well... No, when I dropped out of law school and I was going to church, um, my mom would continue to say, he's going to law school. And I would have to stop her and be like, no, mom, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I'm actually starting my own fitness company. And like people would just be like, what the frick is he talking about? Who does that? You know? It's like saying you're going to be an actor. To your mom, it sounded like I'm going to go be a rock star. Exactly. Like and it's like, you know what? Social norms aren't for everybody. Sometimes you got to take the road less traveled. Yeah. I got to tell you, it's great talking to you. It's so interesting. And I really got a good couple of takeaways from you. That's really going to be helpful for some people. So this was Alan 
Filaro, and please follow him on Instagram, Alan underscore Filaro. I wanted to ask you, do people, do girls DM you all the time to try to flirt with you? Like, how do you deal with that? Because you have a lot of followers. What do you have, 100,000 or 80,000 something? Some like 70 something. Um, Okay, so how does that work? I'm sure you get a lot of people, you know, trolling you or, or just flirting with you or something. How do you... How do you, how does your girlfriend deal with that? So she, I mean, I don't really tell her too much about it. Um, because myself, if I see messages and I don't know who the person is, I just delete it instead of reading it in the DMS, it'll say requests. And then if we follow each other, then you'll come in my actual inbox. Um, but yeah, there's ever since social media is is a crazy thing. And there's, there's a lot of trolls, uh, out there. Like, um, I guess, showing appreciation for your loved one on Valentine's day is a really big deal because I put up uh, a little story of me and her and a lot of people like appraised it. They're like, this is awesome. Like, thank you for doing that. I was like, good. I mean, we got to do more of that. So, you know, social media does play a massive role. There are a lot of people that get really, you know, into it. And, um, I try not to, I try to disconnect and and kind of just stay in my lane and and do what I can do. But DMs, they get they get crazy when you when you take a picture with your shirt off and you put it out there in the world. You, you do get some interesting blurred pictures sent your way that I go delete. Do you get guys too doing the same thing? Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, probably probably more guys there, worse. Than their <laughs> <laughs> it actually yeah, got to a point where yeah. I would give it off to friends. I'm like, hey, see all those pictures? You can click them. I don't know what they are. But. <laughs> You're getting them dates. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yes, but there's a fine line between engaging with them because, you know, you really don't know what anyone's ulterior motive is. So and you want to keep your followers. You want to you know, you want to help people. But there is a fine line because sometimes people are just, you know, DMing you or asking questions just to get a connection. Yeah, there's definitely a fine line. Um, it gets tough in, in, with training when people go, hey, what's your advice on this? And it's, it's kind of a knock on, on my clients if I'm just giving them advice all the time because they're paying really good money for it. So, you know, I, I created a website, I created a program. Um, I, I do nutrition. I'm not a licensed nutritionist. So everything's literally advice. Uh, I'm going to say that again. Everything is literally advice. And just, I kind of push them to that. Have you okay. ever had a relationship with a client? I've no, I've never dipped the pen in the company's ink. Never. Okay. <laughs> but I know that, I know that probably people have flirted with you. They've tried. Yes. People have tried. Yes. yes. I mean, from what I know, especially in group fitness, group fitness is bad. Cause then like n- not group fitness now, but when I started in group fitness, the reason why I never got into it, nor did I plan to was because there were trainers that did. So when I got into the space of New York City uh, fitness, they'd be like, oh my gosh, that trainer's like, you know, slept with a bunch of people. And I'm like, wow, if they're talking really badly about them. That sounds like a pretty bad thing to do. I'm not going to do that. So I really, you know, made a conscious effort to stay away from it. So you learned, you learned by way of like listening to what other people do. And it's funny because I don't know if you know, I was, I'm in the fashion business and have been in the fashion business for decades. And, you know, I had a women's shoe store and sold to like, you know, people from all around the city and all boroughs, but mainly the Upper East Side. And one of the MOs was, you know, having a thing with your trainer. 
that seemed to have been the thing that I used to hear. Yeah. Um, it was more, it was more brunch. I think I just made it very, you know, I let the people know that, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll go to brunch, but not come back after that. Right. Yeah. You, you seem like you're a gentleman and you know how to handle it. I got to tell you, Alan, it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. And I actually learned, I mean, sometimes I say I learned, but it's a lie. I didn't, I really did learn now. So thank you. I appreciate it. Get that blood work. I'm going to get that blood work. I'm even going to take it. another testosterone. And I'm curious <laughs> to see, because the last time he, it was great. He said it was fine. What do you, last before you go, what do you think about people taking testosterone if they don't necessarily need it? Could I it mean, help? just it's no. Yeah. Okay. That's what my doctor said. My doctor said the exact same thing. Yeah. It's just, it, it, that makes no sense because it's your body's already just dealing. It's like eating too much food. Like is eating more food going to give you more muscles? No, your body can only use so much of it. So you're just wasting it. Right. But it almost seems like, you know, you just want to do it just in case. Like, why not? I have testosterone. Let me get a little bit more. But yeah, the doctor said, absolutely not. It's not going to do anything for you. So good. Thanks for confirming another question. Alan, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Rich. Thanks for coming on. Take care. Have a good one. You too. You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.